Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kaseki Cast. I'm your co-host Tyler, quarantined here in Crossbell, along with my other co-host Josh. Hey. And our special guest joining us for the final episode of Aono Kiseki, Lady Virgilia. Hey there, guys. So, like I said, we're here to talk about Aono Kiseki and wrap it up. We changed up the uh, the order to this own these episodes a little bit, and in the past we've talked about uh, maybe the plot summary a little bit more than characters and stuff, but this episode we wanted to talk a little bit more about the characters and their motivations. Uh, but starting out, a couple of characters I wanted to note um, that maybe didn't stand out to me, and you guys can di- agree or disagree, but uh, one of them was definitely Professor Novartis. Yeah, I mean, as I said a few minutes ago, like when we were prepping up this podcast, who the heck was Professor Novartis? <laughs> <laughs> so like trails... Basically, what Trails does well is that, like, they take tropes, already existing tropes of, like, characters, and that exists across a lot of different works of fiction and stuff, right? And I think they do a pretty good job of either executing them in a really interesting way, or um, they even, like, turn some of those tropes on their head a little bit in the sense where, like, they explore a character in a way that you didn't think they were going to originally. But I do think Professor Novartis, out of pretty much all the characters in Trails, he's definitely in the top spot when it comes to, like, a pretty stereotypical version of his trope and... By that, I mean, like, the mad scientist yeah, yeah. kind of person who just, you know, he doesn't really care so much about life or, like, people, but only, like, so f- in so much of, like, what they can do for his research or, mm-hmm. like, his inventions and experiments. Yeah, and he so embodies that trope that he literally, he literally looks like the stereotypical mad scientist. I mean, come on, the hair... I'm sure he definitely does a lot more behind the scenes Mm -hmm. than we probably know, because he is technically the person in charge of, like, all the manufacturing Mm. of, like, the archaisms archaisms and stuff, right, and their technology. Another character I didn't have a ton to say about was Garcia. Like, it was cool to see him help Lloyd break out of jail, and my opinion did change on him a little bit, but... That's about where it stops. Yeah, I mean, it was cool to have him playable, but, I mean, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I just liked how it was kind of interesting to see that out of anybody or anything, like, he was the one who kind of cheered up Lloyd in a way. Yeah. Because at that time, Lloyd was just kind of like, wow, well... It was all for nothing, there, and there's nothing I can do. Like, he seems so resigned, but then Garcia's just like, dude, like, there's no way that this person who put all of us behind bars, basically, is gonna get away with having, you know, this kind of mopey, I give up kind of attitude. So I just thought that was interesting. Um, I know, I think that's kind of common in that sort of story, like, that he played his role where he needed to play it. That's true. Uh-huh. So, tell me about Dudley. How do you guys, what do you guys think about Dudley? 
I mean, I like him, but not that much to have a say of anything. <laughs> but like, he's like a... I don't want to say proto-Mafius, because he's older than Mafius. But he literally looks like Mafius. So. I, I definitely no, think I of Mafius. I call him Dudley Light, Mafius. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's... I think what's cool to me is that, like, Dudley always sort of used to... Lloyd had to kind of strong arm his way into saying, like, take us seriously, let me help with this investigation kind yeah. of thing in Zero, right? But then in Ao, Dudley is much more likely to... He might... He doesn't... I don't think he necessarily like reaches out to Lloyd for help in the first couple chapters but like he doesn't turn it away if yeah. Lloyd asks to be on the team he's just like okay well make sure you do this and this right you know like he he um definitely has turned around when it comes to dude the guy is good Lloyd is good and the SSS is they're good at their job so we take them seriously kind of thing um yeah i think you're right like i i think that he's a bit reluctant to admit it but he's definitely a fan of lloyd's yeah he's he's a lloyd fan hey guys th this is a um this happens like in the prior to i think kia actually getting kidnapped i think you can talk you find dudley in like the that jazz Garant bar mm -hmm. thing in Backstreet, and he will literally ask like Lloyd, because because he'll say, "Oh, I would used to go out drinking with your brother, with your older brother guy." But he's like, "Yeah, someday we need to go get one Bannings, basically." And I'm just like, Aww. "Dang, wow, Dudley, he's such a he's such a soon dare like." Lloyd fan. I know, that's what I like about him. <laughs> uh, so, I do have a question to ask you guys about Zeet. Do you say Zeet or Zeit? I say Zeit. I say Zeit. Okay, yeah. well, I guess we're sticking with that then. Um, so, <laughs> Zeit. Like, it was cool to see him big, majestic Zeit. That was, like, a cool surprise to me. But he had a comment that was really interesting to me when he says that he's not really sure where... Um, Ragnar went. That's pretty interesting. Like, does that mean that we might oh, the see? Dragon. Yeah. We, does that mean we might see Ragnar again? It looks like it. What are yeah. they called again? Where was what? Divine beasts. Or what are their like kind called again? Yeah. Is that the question? Yeah. yeah. Is it just divine beasts? I don't know. Isn't that from Breath of the Wild? Oh shoot, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't remember that part. Divine protectors? Divine... I think it's just divine beasts. I think. Well, Dang. yeah, let's just go with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. It also just makes me think about what happens to them once they're... Septarian is gone. Mm -hmm. Once their because... like contract is done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely, that is kind of interesting that he brings up Ragnar because it, in that case, is it like is there this feeling of maybe they can sense each other 
if their septarian is somehow still around or I don't I don't know and then like if it's not anymore they can't but at the same time like Zeit Zeit septarian like vanished a long time ago so. right I mean yeah like, I don't know to me it just like I- I'm not sure if SC hadn't been my favorite game I don't know if, like, my ears would have perked up on that. I would have been like, oh, he's talked about that dragon that showed up a few games ago. But because SC is my favorite game, I was like, wait a second. And, I mean, I I hope that maybe he comes back in some capacity. I mean, apparently, Cassius has him on speed dial. So, I would assume... (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Hopefully, maybe, someday. I mean, it's not like he just straight up... You know, I'm sure nothing really happened to him. We just don't know where he is, right? Right, yeah. So, yeah, probably. I can't see why they wouldn't bring him back someday if they, you know, if they had Zeit bring him up too, you know? Right. Uh, The next note that I have actually is on Campanella. Um, Campy, as I've heard some people call him. So, when he... I call him Campy. When he first shows up in SC, he kind of just pissed me off because he doesn't really do anything. He's just like, he's almost like trolling people, just like, oh, I'm just watching to see what happens. Um, but I appreciate- Does he do anything in SC? I feel like he's kind of like that person who was, he, he was the person who did every other job for like the enforcers that, who weren't assigned a certain place. Like, I feel like, you know, every other enforcer wasn't assigned, like, you're assigned Zeiss, and you're wow. assigned, like, Gransel, right? And then I feel like Campy was just the one who's like, and you take care of everything else. <laughs> but at the same time, isn't he, he's truly just the Grandmaster's proxy, no? Like, as in, yeah. he has a very specific role with in the enforcers and right. that he uh-huh. always directly is kind of serving her right yeah like i i really appreciate his chaotic nature because i think it's fun and it's like kind of unpredictable uh and and in mm-hmm. cs3 i really like i don't know what craft it is but he uses some craft and it like mixes your players around and i love because he's like shuffle shuffle he does that in all too in the owl fight. Okay. Does he say shuffle, shuffle, though? That's yeah. The, that's the yeah, part I like. He, yeah, he does. He does the... His Japanese voice actor goes, like, shuffle, shuffle. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. This thing again. Um, I love it. I love that his crafts are super annoying because it totally fits him. He's like, he's a jester. He, he toys with people. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to, like be that kind of, you know, just like, ah, oh, it's annoying, but that's what he's supposed to be, so it's totally fitting. Awesome. He seems um, he seems like a villain that's actually fun, because a lot of times you just have a villain that you hate, right? They're just like, like, um... Osborne. Like, yeah, or, or Walter <laughs> in SC. Walter's such a jerk. Like, there's literally nothing cool about him. He's just like this, I just want to beat his face in. And... <laughs> but but Campanella is just like fun. Like this guy is just here for the ride. Yeah, he's he's campy. He, he's not hammy like LeBlanc is, right? He's just right. like, oh, 
What a campy dude. Yeah, I also, this is just something that, because campy is honestly one of my favorite characters, I would say, in the series. Just because, yeah, he has that mixture of being super mysterious still, yet at the same time being super fun and at all that kind of stuff. Um, but I always see it as, you know how in trails we don't really know what power scaling really means anyway. Like, you can't really rank people, I think, like, strength, because yeah. people have different skills and stuff, right? Um, and it's just, sometimes you're like, how does a sword beat guns? And I, I don't know, that kind of, you know, but, <laughs> <laughs> I know. But at the same time, I always find, like, the abilities that Campy has, while they're not, I don't know what to call it, like, they're not prominently hyped up a lot when it comes to, like, in-game, you know? To me, his actual skills are kind of scary if you think about them, though. Because he can just, if he really wanted to, couldn't he just, like, mirage anything? Like, how yeah, he does it scary. all, right? Yeah, 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 like how he totally changes the entire Michelin. The next character that I have notes on is Lawyer Ian. Um, and I don't have a ton about him. Like, So he basically, he orchestrated pretty much everything, right? And he did it after the accident killed his wife and kid. Um, but the thing that I, the question that I have is, so he'd been planning this for years, Right, like he this this was a, a plan that had been happening for a long time and Lloyd talks him down on it in like five minutes. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. that too and then dies at the end. Same. That was the kind of thing I was having a lot of trouble with was the whole just like wait, 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 wait. Like he did all these backstabs and betrayals and he's willing to do that for people he knew better mm-hmm. than and he knew way longer than like any of the people in the SSS and then it's just like Lloyd shows up says lawyer Ian you can't possibly think this is cr- the correct way to do things right and he's like and he's like you're right yeah <laughs> exactly oh darn it you're right I'm sorry, Mario Bell. I can't continue on with our plans. It's just like, wait, you were the mastermind for all these years. What? So I have uh, I have a small note that I want to say about Mireille. That is like she. It's cool to have like um, another character that's in the CGF and everything. But I actually had to do a little bit of research because when she first appears, when she's training with Randy, um, her text box has her listed as warrant officer, and I hadn't heard of that before, so I looked it up. And a warrant officer is kind of an in-between of an enlisted person and an officer. So... Basically, it's still an officer, but it's more or less someone who was awarded the title of being a commissioned officer without going through officer training, uh, as, as at least as far as I understand it. That's interesting. And so I kind of equated it to like a battlefield promotion, 
So she probably showed a lot of skill or leadership and proved herself. She kicked ass then. Right, yeah. She she did something that proved herself to her COs and they decided to promote her without forcing her to go through officer training. And later on in the game, she is noted as being a second lieutenant, which is typically an officer's position. And I thought that was like a really cool, like semi-hidden character growth for a relatively minor character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool, just from title alone. Like, it's like, okay, well, now I know that she had to go through additional training to become, like, an official, official officer. Right. Uh, thing, speaking, right? Of, speaking of official, in a different way, um, are Randy and Mary, or how, however you pronounce it, official official? Yes! Yes, yes, they are. Okay, and Cold Steel 3 in the train car when uh, mm-hmm. you're in the Crossbell chapter and you finally have Tio and Randy together in the same place. Um, so what happens is, like, Randy is talking... I forgot exactly what they're talking about, but then Tio is like, how dare you... Because, like, I forgot who they're talking about. But she's like, don't make me call Murray and tell her right now. And he's like, no, don't do that. And she's like, I'm going to call her right now. And Tio literally takes out her phone and begins dialing. And I'm just like, this is a shit. <laughs> like, this is official. Because uh, no, no other way is like Randy just like, no, don't do that. I'm just like, yes, it's perfect. It's canon. It's a shit. Yeah, I, I remember that scene, and I feel like there's a time where he talks about buying her a gift, too, in CS3. <gasps> yes, you're right. Oh my gosh, how did I forget that? Yeah, yeah, dude. I like it. Me too. That's an official shit. <laughs> so speaking of Tio, what, what do you guys have to say about Tio? I'm not really sure how to organize my thoughts on her, because most of her development seems to have happened in Zero. One of my favorite moments with her in out at least is when uh, Lloyd is going around like rekindling all of the or getting everyone back together after they're all separated and he's got Zeit with him and Tio realizes that Zeit is speaking in human language and she like freaks out about it and I thought that was really funny. I think my favorite Tio moment for out was during the intermission at Michelin. I, I just thought it was cute to see her like a kid and acting like a kid for like a few moments. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, cause she's just, cause when you, I think we keep forgetting like truly how young she is cause she's just so capable and she's mm-hmm. always reliable, mm-hmm. but in reality she's still not even like, she's still what, only 16 and CS3 even? So it's just like, Tio, what the heck? And she's like 14 and uh, zero. So it's like, wow, what the heck, Tio? You forget that she's so young. Um, Yeah, it's nice seeing her just getting a chance to play and make sandcastles and stuff, Um, being a kid. But also what I think... So these are the two also highlight moments for me. One is the hospital thing, but... I'll come back to that. I just really thought that her entrance was so cool. Like, when she came back to the party, it's like she literally just hacked into the computer 
from the outside on just her laptop and save them from campies that Tetris or so why am I calling it a Tetris oh, yeah. Pong? The Pong game. Tetris. Right? Because they were going to burn alive in there. Cause mm-hmm. even though Lloyd even if you do beat Campy, like you just can't get out. The door won't open. But Tio beats him and then Yay! The door opens and you're able to escape just in time before the room blows up. So that was really awesome. And then to comment on the hospital scene, because yeah, that that sight thing was really cute. Because she, I loved how long it took her to notice. But yeah, everyone can hear sight. He's talking in the human language now. And he could all along, he just never did. Um, but I think it goes back to, remember in Zero when she talks about her past to everyone and part of it is how she wanted to thank Guy for saving her and ask him about like what it means to live and everything, but he passed away before she got to really talk to him again. Right, like before she left the hospital. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same way. I don't know if it's just kind of cruel or if maybe it's just a coincidence that they put her in the hospital area um, instead of any of the other places. Like, I don't know, um, Michelin, like where, where Ellie was. But I just felt like, I don't know, I feel like Tio must have been thinking the same thing where... She was so distraught when Lloyd finally reached the hospital, right? And they were reunited, and she thought something happened to him when she caught the footage of, like, him escaping prison. And she thought, like, oh my gosh, we don't know if he's alive or dead, really. And it made me think back to... She's in the same place again, in the hospital, and, like, she's not sure if he's gonna make it out or make if he's gonna if she's gonna reunite with him and he's gonna be alive then like you know right like if they'll ever get to meet again so i just thought that was kind of like ah, sort of a happy fulfillment for tio and also just like a growth i think in general for her because like she was so unemotional in zero at the beginning yeah. of zero yeah and then she was so easily like she didn't care that she was like crying in front of everybody and in front of Lloyd and stuff. She just wanted him and Wazi and Zayt to know that like she really cares about them and she's glad they're all safe. And also obviously a big shout out to Zero Field. <laughs> yes, Zero Field. I could not beat Aryan Rod without that Zero Field. It's so useful. So you you mentioned Ellie a second ago and I, I know Josh, you're a big fan of Ellie, right? Uh, I'm a big fan of Lloyd and Ellie as a ship, but as a character, I don't really have that much of an opinion about her because, I don't know, she's um, ranking all the trails heroines. Like, I think I'd rank her as the lowest, but that's just me. Okay. No, that that's, that's... So, I really like her as a... What's the term? Unit? Like, someone you use in battle because... Uh-huh. She's got like a lot of really oh, useful for, crafts, and she's like a he- battle utility. Yeah, and she's like a really good healer, and I'm such a sucker for healers. But I feel like she's definitely the least developed of the SSS characters. I would have to agree. Like she's 
story-wise and character-wise, she definitely was given the least amount of, like, spotlight, I think, Mm -hmm. which is really unfortunate considering that, like, um, she's pushed a lot, right? Um, as being, like, a super, super important character, and she is. Like, I think one thing about Ellie for being a character that's always pushed, I think a lot of what she does is kind of, it's more subtle, I would say, because she's kind of always the one who, in my opinion, is definitely, you know, like the motherly character of the game, but like she definitely always provides the emotional support that people need. And like when the group is down or a lot, I think besides Lloyd, like she's the one who, really gets their spirits up or at least like make sure that they stick together and they like let each other know how they're feeling and she she makes sure that she knows how like everyone's doing so I like that part because I think it's kind of understated her role in being like the team mom because she doesn't get super highlight awesome things like how Tio had like the versus campy thing you know she doesn't get like super amazing moments she just gets moments here and there do you think Falcom like realized that with Ellie and then ramped up the story relevance for Elisa in the next few games I could see that if I just hadn't thought that you know Ellie and Elisa are kind of like similar they both have like relatives in high positions and they're both like they brought. They were both like brought up as like you know a successor or something. Like you know, I I just thought that they had like some sort of uh, similar like backgrounds with each other. I kind of see what you're getting at, and the whole like I think maybe Falcom might have seen what happened with Ellie because I think the the feedback for Ellie for the whole Crossbell arc is that she's her story and character development is quite good in Zero. Like, everyone's is good in Zero, because you, you're only really focusing on four characters, right? But then in Ao is where it's sort of more of the problem, because everyone else still sort of gets spotlight moments, but Ellie doesn't, out of you know, Tio and Randy and, like, Wazi or something, you know, Risha, right? So, um, I can see how I think they learn from that, because when you think about it, Cold Steel 3, and I assume 4, based on what we have already seen in, like, in the last couple hours of CS3 regarding Elisa, that like she's still going to have a major role and be majorly involved in the story based on, you know, who else are like involved in the story versus Ellie was like I think they realized in the second half of the arc they were like shoot we didn't focus enough on Ellie Yeah. let's make sure Elisa gets parts still even I, in the second half I definitely agree with that because thinking about it she should have a little bit bigger role like she was really good friends with Ernest right and eh whatever, when when he's on Gnosis. And then Maria Bell was a really good friend of hers, and she's just kind of like, eh, okay, she's going to join Ouroboros. And it seems like she should have a little bit, I don't know, a, a bigger reaction, or we should focus on it a little bit more. And instead, I feel like it's like, you give her one, one text pane of surprise, and then 
move on? Mm, yeah, I definitely agree with the whole. I think that adds to the the thing about Mario Ball too, in the sense where like, I don't think people really have a problem with Mario Ball, but she's also not one of the more compelling antagonists either because they didn't highlight the relationship that she and Ellie have mm -hmm. in Oh. So I think like it kind of is de detrimental to both of them. Yeah, because they we, weren't given a bigger spotlight. We actually don't even know like was she actually friends with Ellie or was it fake the entire time? It's true. Like we're not we don't know for sure if if she truly did care for Ellie. Um I think I lean towards the, she still did, like, she still was friends, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, we still don't, I think we still don't know enough about Maria Bell. Uh, do you guys have anything to say about Arian Road? Not necessarily for this arc, at least. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's, it's kind of interesting that you do get that little tidbit. You know, it's not really, this isn't really super important, but I just like that if you beat her, you get that, like, foreshadowing into the Cold Steel myth and legend thing early on. Oh, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. Whole, like, War of the Lions and the Leon, Leon Sandlot thing. Yeah, I, I missed that, but I saw it on a YouTube playthrough, and I thought it was interesting that you know, they kind of sneaked in Erebonian lore already when the game, you know, have, you know the, like, the home game for Erebonia hasn't been released yet. Mm -hmm. so I thought it was yeah. cool to, like, start to set it up already. I thought it was really cool that Duvali was um, a character that you fight against because when I got to CS2 and Duvali's a character, I was like, wait, I remember that name. Not to get sidetracked or anything, but um, I just recently remembered Ilya is a character in Zero and Out too. Yes. <laughs> just remembered. She is, and I have notes on her, but not very much, just a little bit. Um, actually, I wrote, I, I typed out a quote that she has that I think is actually really, really good, because in a lot of the game, she's just kind of like flashy. If that's like like kind of showboaty, I guess like she she's her personality and she's the public figure, the celebrity, you know. But she does say at one point, if you truly believe something is impossible, then that itself destroys all possibility. And I like that quote a lot. That's yeah, a really I really nice like quote. that too. I personally have just on a personal level because of like my own experience with like medical problems and like I also had to learn how to like walk again um kind of thing like I can just personally relate to Ilya a lot um but at the same time I don't know I kind of at the end of the day so what happens is that I know quite a bit about like both neurological damage and also like spinal cord injury because like I was in a spinal cord rehab unit myself what happens is that any one spinal cord injury is its own thing. Like, you can never really compare one person's to another because there's just so much that is not understood about, like, 
the nerves and spine and stuff. And considering how she was injured, I assume that there had to have been some kind of damage to that part of her body. I would find it kind of difficult to believe, and I know like they they probably will eventually end with the whole like she had a full recovery. But I personally, on a personal level, I would have liked to see something where she might not have returned to like the star role, but like she was still able to return, or like maybe she never even got a chance to return. One thing that I wanted to note that um, we don't have to talk about a lot, but the sad demise of Potter Matter. Mm. Best dad mom bot. It was definitely the saddest I've ever been seeing a machine die. Even more so, and like, I'm a big Star Trek fan, so spoilers, Data dies in one of the movies, and... That was pretty sad, but this was worse. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, Ren's your one of one of your favorite characters, right? And actually, I think it's kind of the the final step in Ren's character growth because it's essentially ridding her of her last ties to when she was with Ouroboros. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her last ties to Ouroboros, and also just her last ties to like her old life. Because the the thing is that Potter Modder. When she was with Potter Modder, she only relied on Potter Modder. Right. Because she never accepted actual help from Ouroboros. Not that they would help each other because they just all do their own thing, you know? They're not super, like, power of friendship kind of people. They're just like, we do our thing, you know? (laughs) Like, you can handle yourself, right? So, for sure, I think Potter Modder passing on is, like, the end of like an era for Ren mm-hmm. and then like the new the truly new beginning because it's it's exactly as you said it's her last tie to the whole like I only rely on myself versus like, oh I rely on Estelle and Joshua and all my friends and liberal so I don't know if you have any uh short things to say about Wazi I actually don't have a ton to say about him I mean it was cool to see all the pieces come together um because like looking back there's like a lot of pieces that are like hints placed all over the place like uh there's there's one point where he says he thinks he remembers some long forgotten passage in the scriptures but then later on he says he never went to sunday school mm-hmm. and it just seems like fishy. yeah Wazi is really interesting and he's so he's my favorite from crossbell i think it's i enjoyed him I might have I might have said this already on a podcast before, but so what happened with Wazi is that I was spoiled on what his position is. So like the fact oh. that he's a Dominion, like basically uh, when I was just starting out, from like I you know the whole like don't Google trail stuff or whatever. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do that. Just don't even do it if you don't want to be spoiled at all. Um, but that happened. But I actually enjoyed him way more because I knew he was a Dominion because I was able to catch every single thing he said and see, and see like, it was almost like a second playthrough mm-hmm. for when it came to Wazi for me, in a way, because it's like everything you said, like, so for example, there's one thing where they're in that 
dungeon in um, the first chapter. It's like the final dungeon where they get trapped in the mine. And um, there's like that glowing... It's not the Pleroma grass. It's like some sort of weird other herb or something. And Ellie says she thinks she's heard about some kind of herb that also grows to like state there's septium around like very strong septium veins but she says those are a different color so she's not sure what this means but then like wazi confirms that no she's right like they can also be this color too um and they're wondering like oh okay nice and then noel's like wait how do you know this and he brushes it off as like oh i learned from one of my clients you know because he's a host right like his side job but when you think about it the septian church you have to be very skilled in medicinal herbs because that's like all the quests that the priests ask for right Mm -hmm. the side quests they ask for like different herbs to make the medicine stuff and kevin himself in the third talks about how like you go through training learning about all that stuff so it makes sense that as a dominion wazi would know about all the different plants and herb stuff. I do want to comment one thing though, is that I think it was kind of cool to see how he's very, he comes across as very wishy-washy himself, right? Like fickle and not entirely always, like you're not entirely sure until the very end when he shows just how reliable he is as a dominion that you don't really know if you can trust him kind of feeling right yeah Uh at the end of the day um i do think though what was really cool is that like when wald confronts him like in that first chapter and he asks why did you leave and all this stuff and why are you working with the cops and everything now and he taught he tells wald about how you can't stick around doing what you're doing forever like you have to eventually grow up um as a side comment for what you said lady about um wazi coming off as kind of unreliable don't you think it's kind of weird how the dominions we meet in the game except for guys i mean comes off as like very wishy-washy i mean i get that they have something to hide but i just think that you know we have two of them now, and they all look, like, kind of unreliable or kind of sketchy. Yeah, I think that that is a cool... That's an interesting thing to me, too, is that, like, the Dominions... So Gaius is the only Dominion that we know of. We knew him prior to that, right? hmm So it's like we got to see his personality already as reliable and everything, I do have to ask you guys another character. What do you think about Shirley because I hate her? Oh, I was actually about to ask a question on, about that. Um, because I know, Tyler, one of your favorite characters is Risha. And I just thought that it was strange that Risha has a fixation on Shirley. Like, was there a history between them at some point that I missed? Uh, I think it's just that uh, Shirley kind of created that rivalry because she knew, like, she knew who Risha really was before, like, the SSS, like, when the SSS finds out and everything, she knew 
before that, and she saw Risha as a formidable foe. And so she was, like, trying to bring out... Like, Risha didn't really want to fight her. And Shirley just wanted to fight her to see how strong she was. Um, so I think that's... Does that answer? Or that's that's how I feel, at least. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's more on Shirley's side. Like, Shirley saw her as... I think Shirley thought Risha would be a little bit more like-minded mm-hmm. to her than she really is because of the whole... Remember, she thought that, like, well, we both grew up under this whole, like... We were trained for battle, basically, right? Right. From the beginning, and both our fathers are, like, the people who taught us and everything. Um, But then she realizes, oh, dang, like, Risha doesn't have the same kind of demeanor as I do. So while she's still sort of obsessed with Risha, it's not, I think... The way she thinks about her is a little bit different. So now she does really only just think of her as like she's a really strong person instead of someone who can understand me. Right. I just feeling. I just don't like the way that they introduce her. Like she gropes Ellie, and then in CS3 she gropes Duvali, and it's like, oh cool. Like I guess we're just playing that off for laughs. And I don't know. It kind of bugs me that. She seems to get, like, sexual gratification from violence and murder, and that just, like, really puts me, like, I don't like it. <laughs> it makes me feel really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that make, that totally makes sense. Um, I would say, like, yeah, on a personal level, like, for me, I would say morality-wise, like, I have a lot of issues with Shirley, but I just think she's such an interesting character, and for me, like, I, I do also... I like the kind of energy she brings whenever she's around because you just feel that kind of like tension and the hype and everything whenever she's on screen. So I like that she brings that. But to me, I remember what Randy said about Shirley, about how um, that's just kind of the way she is. Like, it, And it's kind of hard in a way he can see to live that kind of life. Um, and to me that I never really thought about Jaegers that much as in like how much loss they go through until Randy said that, that like, I could never live that way at the end of the day, you know, like just always being constantly around like death and destruction. Because if you think about it, pretty much all the people we know are kind of like former Jaegers, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Randy and Sarah. And Sarah was, like, just completely done with it after all the destruction and the loss of, like, the father figure, right? And the leader of the Northern Yeagers. Um, But for Shirley, I remember what she said in CS3 in Chapter 1. She says, like, we... I. It's kind of like we eat, live, and die. Like, that's just the way of the world. Um, so in a sense that made me think of like yeah she's totally okay like that's her own perspective or worldview is that like everyone's going to die anyway and, and I'm not saying like what she does is right but I just think it's really interesting to have that perspective or view of like someone who consistently 
comes back again and again as like a Jaeger, and she likes that life. You know, she likes battling. Yeah. She likes the whole. I am a mercenary to pay for my food. Like, I literally kill people to eat. You know, kind of thing. And she's okay with it, and she doesn't want to leave like Randy or Sarah or like everyone else. So I have my next character that I have in my notes is Noelle Seeker, and I have. A couple of thoughts about her, um, because, like, first of all, uh, she's the kind of person that you really want, like, on your side. Um, there is this one point when you're in the, right after the trade conference attack, and you're pursuing the Imperial Liberation Front into the Geo Front, there is a big group that ambushes you, and everyone jumps for cover, except she just fires, she starts, like, returning fire to cover everyone in the group immediately and ellie joins in eventually but noelle does it just like absolutely immediately and i really liked that that showed that she was like really willing to put herself out there for the rest of her team and that she was i don't know if selfless is quite right but like protective Mm -hmm. like being that sort of like she's willing to be that like shield and not in like a in a um in like a rean way you you get what that means right not in like a rean way but just in a way where like yeah like i want to defend my friends right kind of thing um as as in like she values herself while she does it like she values that she can get the job done right yeah she so that's why it's her natural instinct to to immediately return fire so that everyone else is okay. Yeah, that's like that's her skill, and she's adding that. That's what's on the table, and that's the card she's playing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I remember you told me, Tyler, that you really like like a woman in uniform, and I remember I said like me too, right? Like I like I I've, I've been a sucker for like those um, any kind of story or like sh- show or movie that has to do with like either women in the police force or like you know in the some sort of like in the military or something Mm -hmm. it's just it's cool for me to see that um and so i like how she still comes off as really feminine and i I like that that like she can still hang out with like fron and ellie and all that stuff but yet she's still also such a like hardened like yeah like military yeah. woman yeah, because she's a soldier mm-hmm, yeah she's a soldier so i love Not that part where typical way too yeah i think it's, it's definitely stereotypical but i also like at least just her demeanor about it and the way they presented her like her as a soldier because it's just it's so cool to hear how um yes she and lloyd were having a difficult time in the prologue where Arios and Dudley are just, like, going right through the dungeon, no problem, right? And they're having problems with the monsters there. But then at the same time, Lloyd is like, man, Noelle, like, you're doing well, though. And she's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, Commander Sonia, we do those exercises every single day. You know, like, she's just really reliable and is really, um, she has a lot of self-discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of like, I'm a sucker for that. So, just like, yeah. I, I like just how she comes across. 
I was so, like, I felt personally wronged when she comes past and arrests the SSS. Like, it felt like she was arresting me, not just the character I was playing in a game. And I thought it was, it was like, kind of weird. Like, she shows a little regret, but she still goes through with it. And I don't know, like, I was, I was, I, I was a little disappointed in the writing, though, because... I wanted it to be, or I think it would have been better if she had like strong convictions as to why she went along with it, or if you know if she really believed that going through with the independence movement was the way to go. But she kind of just like I don't know if I would say she gets caught up in it, but she just kind of like goes with it, and it's not even like later on when you re-encounter her in the when you're like on the train tracks right she like catches you and you do the one-on-one fight with Lloyd and her it's not even like she was secretly being like hey I'm trying to do it from the inside so just go about your thing let me do my thing and we'll like meet up eventually she wasn't like a double agent it just feels like she just kind of was like well I guess like I'm in the CGF I have to go along with what they do and, I don't know, it just felt like really, it felt really weird because it seems like she had a really good moral compass and, like, she stood up for stuff and suddenly it just seemed like she had, like, like she was weak and, like, she didn't have any convictions or something like that. Yeah, I see, I, I kind of agree in the sense where, like, um, she kind of came across in the same way that I have a sort of distaste for the, um, how we talk about lawyer Ian, right? Like, he just changes sides so quickly kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and in that way, like, Noelle, I would have liked to see more of, especially after her outburst when she's talking to Lloyd when he's in the same cell as Garcia, and she, like, actually raises her voice and says, like, but they fired the railway cannons, right? And, like, they knew, they did that knowing that it would have killed so many people. And it would have, like, decimated the city, right? Mm -hmm. And to think that, really, Noelle, she is quite level-headed otherwise. But, like, she really, and the, um, the voice acting really sold it, I think, too. Like, the voice actress really raised her voice in that moment. And I was thinking, if she was so concerned about the citizens in Crossbell and, like, what the Empire was willing to do to them, it seems so wishy-washy and kind of out of character that she gave up on that so easily because I thought they were going to go down the route of, like, yeah, she's okay with them being that kind of state now because all of their adversaries were so willing to kill all these crossbell citizens right yeah so it's like you know the ends justify the means kind of thing right right it, it was just like i agree with you it seemed like wishy-washy like it it just went kind of against what we had established as her character so it was just kind of disappointing to me because i liked her and then they kind of like made her seem weak Mm -hmm. yeah because i don't mean this in like a bad way or anything but she definitely is compared to other characters in the sss a very black and white way of seeing things right yeah 
So it's just so strange to me that it's like she was she sort of accepted the reasoning of like Lloyd and what Sonia told her so quickly after that fight when it's just like I feel like the character we've come to know for so long through Zero and Ao would have taken more time to come around. Well, and Commander Sonia kind of does what I had hoped Noel would do because so Commander Sonia goes along with the whole independence movement because she's, you know, her position in the military and everything and she didn't think that she could and she even says at one point she's like I can't just do what I want, but she waits for like an opportunity to do something. Like she can't just up and take all of her soldiers and be like, "Okay, we're not going to do this." But she can like work in the system to still like circumvent things and that was what I had hoped Noel would have done. Yeah, I like that idea actually. Like the whole um kind of like going back to what you're saying like they Falcon could have gone the route of she was sort of working from the inside in a way in the sense where like she had enough faith that someone else would create the opportunity for them to act. Mhm. knowing her friends and stuff like that like that oh someone like Lloyd or someone will get the window open so that the military can act kind of thing right and yeah. another thing about commander sonia that i like is uh it's just it's nice to have another female character who isn't like 17 or somebody's mom because <laughs> she cuz like so aurelia in cold steel I looked this up. She's supposed to be like 32 and Commander Sonia is actually older. She's supposed to be like 36 or 37. Wow, she looks good. <laughs> yeah, she ages well. So, it's just nice to have someone who's not like a high schooler or a mom. For sure. Yeah. I appreciate that. Welcome. I appreciate that there are adults of both genders in your um games in your series. Uh so Now I have a uh, a couple questions to ask you guys about Risha. So I really like Risha. I like the um just the idea that like Lloyd helped her get out from kind of this weight of the responsibility she felt to be when she was Yin and she it wasn't really something that she ever really wanted to do it seemed like it was just like this role that she had to fulfill that seems Oh wait, like, Tyler, I forgot. When you first played Ao, you didn't know at that point that Risha was Yin, right? No, I did because I saw that she had an enormous sword in the like the opening video and I was like, what oh, the heck is okay. this? And so I like looked it up. <laughs> um, cuz I missed the spot in 0. But uh that that scene in chapter 2 in 0. Yeah, cuz it's like one, right? it's like 2 seconds. And then like the scene the scene ends and you never see it again. Because uh, I was wondering what was going through your mind during the intermission, because Risha was already giving out so many hints about it. Uh, in in Al, though, I already knew at that point, so it would have all made sense. Nice. Yeah, like that talk with Lloyd, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the moonlight. And it's funny that, because like Lloyd, it's so weird because Lloyd is really. He picks up on a lot of things, but he's also like a complete idiot in other points. 
So like he uh-huh. he's talking to Risha and he says that he sees through her like fake smile, right? And she's like astounded that he can notice this. But then other points things just absolutely fly by him and he's like, "Huh?" Yeah, it's so funny like what he's oblivious about and what he's not. Kind of thing. Uh oh Lloyd, he's so lovable. But um my my question to you guys though um regarding Risha and this is something that I it, it applies to other characters too, but Risha was one of the ones that I thought about it first. And that's so she literally was an assassin. She was killing people. And now we're just okay with it. Now she's a good guy and there's like no consequences. Like It's kind of like the way I feel about Arios. Like I'm just like, nothing. Like on one hand, I do realize that like given the power balance or scaling in the trails universe it's kind of hard to subdue someone who's like super powerful Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but um at the same time it's kind of like they don't have any sort of consequences only because like they're friends with the party now and they've helped them do stuff like i guess in a way it can be seen as like she was pardoned maybe for what she did because she played such a big role in like helping also um, the enemy of the enemy is my friend yeah the enemy of the enemy is my friend that, that I guess that's what's flying by too um, I will say that I also sort of have that kind of problem um, as well with characters like Risha mm-hmm. with the whole kind of like even with the former Jaeger people in a way like it's like yeah i still love those characters i love those guys but at the same time it's like you don't have any charges with me i'm a cop and i know your background i'm not gonna press any charges against you kind of thing right um but i don't know man it's i, I guess that's that great Rachel was also pardoned because i mean when you think about it, a lot of shit is still happening in Crossville. Like, right now, Risha is more than likely, you know, uh, like, protecting Kia with Arios at this point, I think. At, you know, during Cross, uh, Code Seal 3. You know, it's kind of hard to, like, you know, I don't think there's, like, the opportunity to talk about those things. But then again, you know, Tyler also feels the same with Crow, so... <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's also just really funny because you're playing as police officers. You yeah. like the situation with Risha. You're playing as a police know, officer, like... <laughs> and one of your allies is a literal assassin. Yeah, and who she she doesn't only just like assassinate like just because you know how like any law enforcement you're literally prosecuting like murderers of like the random dude down the street, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. And Risha is literally killing, like, political enemies kind of thing. Like, she's, she's, like, assassinating super high up, like, VIP kind of people. Right. And she's not getting any sort of consequences. And, you know, sorry, maybe people will, like, hate me for saying that about Risha. Because I still love her as a character. I, like, I wanted to comment on how, like, I really 
do like the duality. So this is why I like Shirley a lot too, because they have such a duality between Shirley and Risha in the sense where they're very similar in a lot of ways, but they're also super different. And one of them is the fact that like, yeah, you brought up how Risha, she never really wanted to do that kind of stuff. She just felt like she was obligated to as Mm -hmm. the heir, as like the heir to Yin, right? Because she's the only child of um her father right um versus Shirley sure anyone in the Orlando family is is expected to join to be a Jaeger right but she also enjoys it she likes being a Jaeger so it's like I like that part about Risha like she was super apathetic about life and felt like this is all she was really living for and this is all she can do just be an assassin take my orders and do what the heyue need me to do right right? like don't don't get me wrong i'm i like risha i just have questions like i'm a big fan of like Mm -hmm. super dangerous women but like i still have i still have like questions about it but yeah. um spe- I get you. speaking of Arios, I have a lot of questions about him. So I don't really like Arios, um, and I am a little bit confused as to why so many people seem to like him so much. He has a cool design. Because so he like he, he gets recruited by Ian to help cover up Guy's murder, right? He supports <laughs> Dieter in the new authority. Well, he was already working with Ian at that point, even before Guy was a, was murdered, though. So he was still working with him, though, and he supports Dieter's new authoritarian government and the Kreuz clan's, like, alchemist plans, holding Kia hostage and basically holding Zemuria hostage. And all of those, in my opinion, are strongly against what the Bracer Guild has been presented as. And, like, so, okay, so he does resign from the Bracer Guild, but that doesn't excuse any of it, because he was a Bracer through the whole time that he was working with Ian, right? And Mm -hmm. these are all, like, really hostile actions, and they might intend to protect Crossbell, but what about all of the civilians that the Bracers are supposed to protect, like... I don't understand any of that, right? I think it's one of those, the ends justifies the means kind of thing again. But, okay, that's actually something that I wrote down. So, yeah. whose who's ends? And what, what are these ends that we're trying to get to? And is it okay to just say, okay, no matter what happens, like, what what is the goal that they're trying to get to? I would say for Arios, it's just like a, a safeguard for Crossbell. Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, definitely, I think out of anybody besides Ian, he Arios is definitely like the most utilitarian, the ends justify the means kind of thing, as you said, Josh. Um, I, I like how he brings some sort of nuance to Bracers. What I like about it is that, like, Trails, it will show us how there's gonna be good and bad guys with 
within each kind of organization, right? Which is realistic, right? You're always going to have the kind of bad apple in the sense where they're part of a force, but they're not necessarily doing the right thing or following the right ideals of that organization, right? And so I like how Arios, even though braces are supposed to put all citizens, like all people first, right? Doesn't even matter what you're a citizen of, they just protect lives, right? But at the same time, he's willing to sacrifice people in order to to make sure that Crossbow has the technology, so like the ions, right? To put a stop to anything that could harm them. Because when you think about it, Crossbow had that huge bubble barrier thing over it, right? On top of having ions that could wipe out anything that would try to come near the barrier. So to me, I think Arios was trying to get to a point where he felt Crossbow had a safeguard against everyone else trying to get to it doesn't mean he's right, right? Like, it doesn't justify what he did, but I think that's what he was trying to get at. Um, but also, I do want to comment that I also think, considering um, how all those final bosses in that Azure Tree, you know how Mario Bell says that each one of their little dungeons or places reflects the heart or the mind of the user? of the person. And so because there's all these chains in Arius's ones, it makes me feel like he felt kind of shackled, and I think particularly by the fact that he was sort of the cause of one of his best friends, like, deaths. To me, it felt like he also felt like he had to double down on Ian's plan after Guy died, because he said, Guy died for this. So I have to see it through, kind of thing. To me, like I feel like he probably felt guilty, right, in a lot of ways. So he's just like, I have to make sure this works, or otherwise it's all in vain. Mm-hmm. I can see that. So also I see it. I think that's why maybe he has so many fans. Man, I guess I just can't. I just can't get behind that. I just see him as like someone that really went against what he was supposed to stand for. And, like, in the end, if he's supposed to be protecting Crossbell, like, I can understand if he was really trying to protect Shizuku, but, like, he never even sees her. He just, like, locks her up in Orca's Tower. Mm-hmm. And then Shizuku yells at him and was like, Mom would be disappointed in you. And I was like, yes, Shizuku. Yeah, I think he just has so much conflict in the whole, like, I think he wanted to preserve his daughter's, like, physical safety, mm-hmm. not realizing, you know, or I'm sure he's probably self-aware of it, that he, she, she doesn't necessarily hate him, but she hates what he's doing. Yeah. But he's okay with him, with her hating him for that, because he wants to make sure she doesn't, no physical harm comes to her anymore, because she already lost her sight, right? Right. So it's like, he, he doesn't want anything else to happen to her. Um... So I think he's one of those characters who's kind of, I know you probably won't agree, but to me it's just like, it's a very tragic kind of character in the sense where I'm certain he's self-aware of what he's doing and what people think about what he's doing, Mm -hmm. but he feels like he can take that burden on. 
I guess. But at the same time, it shackles him, so that's why there's so many like chains in his. I guess like when dungeon. when you say that he's a tragic character, that makes like a ton of sense, and it might just be like my taste in a tragic character. Like I don't know if there's a character that is tragic in that way. I would rather see them be like beaten. You know, like for like beaten in the end. Yeah, like because like I see that as like a villain. Yeah, it makes sense. Like I, I definitely can see your point of view. Maybe trails will give us that kind of character too. You know, because like if trails ever steps up and is willing to kill to kill a character for characters, yeah, like on screen and not only in flashback or something. Because, like, in, in Cold Steel 3, when you're leaving Crossbell and you see Kia, Arios, and Lloyd, I remember being like, well, two of those characters are cool. <laughs> but, like, you were a big fan of that scene, right? <laughs> right, Josh? Yeah, I thought it was cool. I mean, come on. Um, I just, but what I really wish that happened was to have um, Green and Lloyd to have a conversation. I mean, the last time they saw each other was in Geofront. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, when Reen let him go. Yeah, but not, so they're already towards, Yeah, but that's not towards Arios, but, like, I I was a little confused why Arios was there, but I get it, they have to protect Kia. But I wish you know that um, Rishi was there instead of Arios, I mm-hmm. guess. I'm trying to, like, come around on him because he's obviously going to be, like, like, he's, he's helping support the SSS and he's helping to protect Kia and stuff now, and... So I'm trying to come around on it, but it's so, it's really hard because, like, me personally, like, if someone wrongs me, that's, like, that's it. Like, <laughs> that's, like, it's, it's hard to come back from. Is that why you're giving Noel a hard time? Yeah, that's, it was really hard, like, it, it took me a long time, like, I really like Noel, and then when she leaves, like, she turns on you, I didn't use her for the rest of the game, even when she comes back. I was like, nope. <laughs> You're out of my active party now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. That's why I like discussing this stuff with you guys, though, because it's like I like how we can have kind of really different opinions sometimes, but it's like we can still discuss it calmly or nicely, you know, civilly <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I can see why you wouldn't like Arius, you know. Uh, okay. The only other character I have is Kia, and I need to look at my notes really quick because. I forgot what I was gonna say. She grows a lot, mm-hmm. and she ha- she is the stereotypical trope I really like, which is the whole like technically not human thing becoming human. Mm, yeah, kind of thing. Like AI learning to become human, kind of thing. That the whole like twist of where surprise everyone actually died the first time, but I fixed. Oh, that, that. was so good. Shoot. That has been really well done. Man. I am a sucker for like the weird like time re raveling or time travel kind of thing. Um, Wait, hold on. I have a question about Kia. Does she physically age? I think she does now. I think because the Septarian powers left her that she can now. Because uh-huh. they did say that it, it's officially gone, right? Like Maria Bell says, it, it's gone. There's nothing else she can do. Right. And so that's why she leaves. Right. Kia with them. Everything that 
that happened up to this point kind of had to because she had to do like the timeline shuffle to like get everything in the right order again. The way it was. Yeah, to get it to the the way that it's supposed to be. And my question is like how far does that reach, do you think? Like do you think that we don't really know the full extent because Trails isn't over, or do you think it was just like just what happened in Crossbow? I think it's contained to Crossbow only. I mean, I would still say we're not entirely sure just because we're not given everything about Kia yet either. I don't know if CS Floor is going to change anything regarding that. Um, but like, so for example, you know how a lot of people theorize the beginning of Cold Steel and, or sorry, just Cold Steel could be uh, what Kia did too. Mm-hmm. Like the whole... Right. Um, the Gorelia Fortress part at the beginning, they don't have Crow and Milliam with them. Right. But then the second time they do, and people are theorizing, like, oh, if people, oh maybe. I think the Kia's thing made it happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could, could, because, like, otherwise, Crossbell, a huge portion of Crossbell would have just been, like, blown up, right? Mm-hmm. If those. Um, railway cannons went off so i think like in the same way um i personally originally saw like the whole estelle and joshua when they joined the sss and zero you know like in that same cutscene, i was like oh this is definitely like a time travel thing because i i think just personally i like those kinds of stories so i've seen it done a lot in other visual novels myself but like um, because Estelle and Joshua, the way they told that part of the timeline, um, is the way it happened, I think the Cold Steel thing does have a lot of merit, because I've heard people say, it's probably because they didn't want to give away that Crow and Millian join your party, or join your class, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just like, but in the same way, that's what they did with Estelle and Joshua. Mm-hmm. Like, some people That's what they thought, did for Cold Steel 3 too, that they hid Angelica from the party. Yeah! You're right. So it's just like, the whole, they've done it multiple times, so I wonder if that was Kia too. Yeah. I do wonder how the timeline would go, um, you know, Lloyd, I mean, the SSS didn't make it through. I do wonder what will happen to the whole story of Trails as a whole, you know? I know, like, because the thing is, I don't know how important Mariabelle handing Kia over to them was the Septarian. That's what I'm still curious about and like not really sure if it's like fully explained even at the end of Ao. Because like you know how she said she did it so that like Kia the the whole test out the free will thing of like the Septarian or something like that? I think that's what they say is the reason why she handed she allowed Lloyd and the others to like have Kia for all that time. Until Mariabal took her, right? So it's like I guess it's because she needed Kia to willingly want to come with her to mm-hmm. save Crossbow because of the free will thing, like right, like the Septarian needs to freely want to cause all this mm-hmm. stuff to happen. Um, but at the same time, I wonder, like, yeah, that's an interesting theory of what if it wasn't Lloyd and the others. But then I would say 
Um, at the same time, though, would Kia's powers activate it? Because she has to feel a need or want to protect people that much, right? Yeah, and I so don't see her being so attached to Ian and Mario Bill. Well, for one, Mario Bill has a job, so she can't really spend a lot of time with her. Yeah, so it's just like, that is an interesting theory, now that you bring it up. I didn't even think about that. I like how they said, I, was it Mario Bell, where like she said, did, did they actually like you or did, did you make them like you? Because, you know, I actually like Kia, so, you know, like really like, so I can understand Kia making, uh, Kia being conflicted, I guess, that is she making them like her or what, or something, you know, I just thought it was interesting. Wasn't it her actual power though? Like it's, it's, sub, it's unconscious to her, right? Oh. Right? I think that's how it came across, what Maribel was saying. Like, yeah. Kia doesn't even have to do anything. It's just her power that it makes people like her. But she learns from Lloyd going in to save her that like, no, it's not just your power. We really do like you. And it's because we have all these fun, cherished memories together. You know, kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it was real all along, kind of revelation. Well, I think that's, uh, that's Aonokiseki, guys. Yeah! Man, this is a... We just didn't really bring up, like, Lloyd or Randy and stuff, because we they're fan favorites, and we love them, too, so we know... We know you know. I, yeah, we know that you know, and this was kind of long already, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this this game, honestly, I think it's filled with more lore and like big happenings than any other game in Trails. Mm-hmm. I I agree with you. I would agree too. Like I think I have the it's so Owl is still my favorite. Um CS3 is like a very, very, very close second for me, but I think I always have the most to say about Azure mm-hmm. out of any of the games. Right, yeah. it, it's just, so it's much. so heavy, there's just so much in it. Yeah. So Josh, uh, where would you rank this in your rankings that we're making as we go along? Jeez, um, you know, I really don't want to dethrone SC, but like, I have to put Awas number one, for now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it shuffles okay. a lot, but damn, like... Owl being on top of it, it's just, there's just so much for everyone. If you want lore, if you want gameplay, gameplay is so perfect. Top tier for me in the Trail series. Like, the lore, the characters, it just has something for everyone. So, real quick, can you go through what your order is out of the, this is our fifth game that we've done so far? Okay, um, number one is for Owl, a close number two for SC, the third fittingly for third place and then FC at last <laughs> oh it, it, wait where's zero? Uh, zero? Oh, zero. I have to put zero on I think zero on last because I just thought that zero was kind of boring don't hate me for that okay but it's no kind of I understand <laughs> I understand what you mean so I like how you all have different tastes yeah so I still have SC as my number one but I'm putting Ao as number two um it's hard to dethrone SC because Estelle's my favorite character and she's front and center like the whole game. Um, but Ao is just 
there's so much going on, and it's such a good game that it's going number two for me. I think I had Zero as third, and I will say the first half to Zero, to me, is just, like, super slow. And it's almost, like, I don't know if I would say boring, but the second half of Zero is, like, way, just made up for it. So, yeah, thanks for, for joining us in on here, uh, guys. Uh, Josh, where can people follow you? Oh, I don't have a Tumblr anymore. <laughs> but you can follow oh, me no. on Twitter. Um, shoot, it's at Vanilluxay. Same one as my Tumblr. And I don't even have any followers, only Tyler and a couple of people. So come on, <laughs> get to following already. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I have to do that. Whoa, why don't I know about this Twitter? I, I feel bad that it's like, oh, your Tumblr's gone now? What happened? Yeah, I didn't that? even know about that. Oh, no, I did not deactivate my Tumblr. I just got sick of it, I guess. Mm, okay. Oh, you mean like you're just kind of AFK from kind of, yeah. kind of thing. Oh, okay. I thought like you meant it was like, I don't know, deleted or something. And you're like, what happened to my account? And Lady, where can yeah. we follow you? Um, I guess primarily um, I like to do YouTube content. So I am currently working on the first part to the Cold Steel summary that is Ooh. essentially if you're familiar with it kind of like my sky sc and third and like the crossbell summaries except um they're a little less detailed than crossbell arc just because like i assume more people have played cold steel because it's localized um so it doesn't go into as much depth but it's still like pretty in-depth summary so just prefacing it that it'll be three parts the cold steel story summary and um you can find that on my youtube channel lady virgilia and i guess also uh i have a twitter that you can also follow i just do a lot of um retweets for trail stuff for a lot of persona stuff too um, and also occasionally like updates on my content if I can. Uh, but yeah, it, that one is at Virgilia Lady. So sorry, it's like switched from my YouTube <laughs> channel name. Okay, and you can follow me at Trails in the Sky on Tumblr. Uh, I'm still there. I haven't left yet. I'll probably never leave. Um, but <laughs> but uh, thanks for joining us and see you next time.